Hi, I'm Chelsea Wills. I'm an artist, mother, writer, and the person who asks a lot of the questions around here at Full Moon. I will be talking about what it means to live a creative life and why that matters right now. We will be hearing the stories of people who actually live creative lives, why they do it, and what it means. This podcast is part of a bigger project called Full Moon. Full Moon is an experiment in creative living for and by artists using livelihood as form. In that spirit, this show will be experimental. Sometimes this show will look like a series of meditations or audio tours, and often it will sound like conversations between people about their creative practices. Here we go. Hey, everybody. I'm excited to share with you a conversation I just had with Works Progress Agency. I've been working with them for the last year and a half on a residency that's interwoven feminism, queerness, labor, and what it means to have a creative life right now. We get really into the deep reasons that we do this work and outcomes that we hope to have from it. I'm so excited to share it with you and for you to get to know the brilliant women behind this project. Okay, let's jump in. Well, hi, Erica. Hi, Emily. Hi. Hi. So good to be with you two today. Um, Likewise. Let's start with talking about why do we choose to live creative lives? Maybe one of you can start. Well, I can, I'll start. I don't really know how not to. <laughs> um, and so in some ways it feels less like a choice in a big picture kind of way. Um, and I think like the type of creative life that I'm living now is really different than the one I was living 10 years ago. Um, I think it was unfulfilled uh, and unrealized. And I know grad school and school in general, higher ed is not for everybody, but I definitely chose to make a hard break from the life I was living that felt creatively unfulfilling to me to go to art school. And, um, and I think like delineating my life in that kind of way, um, changed it changed me a lot and it for the better so I feel good about that having done that um as a as part of the choice of living creatively but I mean I think Emily and I both probably I mean I don't I won't shouldn't speak for her but I feel like we both are people that are inherently creative people yeah I definitely had a similar response to the question of that it just doesn't feel so much like a choice um that and I think I possibly define what it means to be creative or an artist quite broadly. Um, but it just, it's something that's kind of always been with me. And I feel so much more satisfi- satisfied when I have the opportunity to live in a creative way, even if it's, um, you know, cooking or gardening, or it, it doesn't necessarily have to mean art making. Yeah, I mean, definitely, definitely it doesn't have to mean art making. And and also this sort of delineation that I made in my life, like now I'm going to like intention, like move forward intentionally toward the creative life that I choose rather than the one that's happening to me or that, I, that just incidentally is. Um, 
it's funny that like at the same time that I was choosing to leave my old profession and go to school to study art, um, I was also making a lot of really big changes in my personal life and my romantic and my, and my, I was coming out as a queer person. Um, I mean, I think I have always also been sort of not, not out, but I was like really making a concerted effort to be like, no, this is my identity. This is who I am. Um, and so those things feel super related to me. So this, this other part of your question, you said, are they feminist? Are they queer? Is kind of the second part of that. Do how, how do we, why do we choose to live creative lives? So I don't know. I see those things for myself as linked completely. Mm-hmm. I think too, for probably for both of us and now Eric, I'm going to speak for you, um, but you can absolutely correct me if I'm wrong. It also has to do with just sort of making things up as we go and having, being able to, um, not conform in any particular way if it doesn't feel right. So sort of like designing moments and interactions in our lives in a way that feels um, an integrity with the moment or the interaction um, and, and really not following some external guidelines. I think that is like a real, what feel that feels creative to me. Well, and I think like, it's interesting to hear you use the word designing in that case, because I feel like sometimes I lean more on that kind of language um, and then want to correct or like want to like want to adjust, I guess, that language. But it's like it's sometimes designing and then sometimes it's just the openness. Like a lot of times it's just the openness of responding in that moment and less designed, you know, but it's like, it's, I think it's both things. It's, it's both the intent because design like implies an intention, which is, is totally true that there is intention and, um, pre, pre, you know, conceived sort of pre-designed, um, ways of wanting to be. Mm -hmm. And then there's also just the like openness of like, what, of like, sort of like allowing to happen, allowing whatever is going to happen to happen and sort of like being responsive and really truly present with it. Mm-hmm. It's funny. I am always arguing for that and not the designing. I've been writing I about know. designing all morning, <laughs> so that's really why. Um, but I agree. I, it, it does. I think like being creative allows for like a response in the moment often, mm-hmm. whatever that is. Mm-hmm. I, I want to return back to this idea of intentionality though and hear a little bit more about that because I think when I think about you both and your work works progress agency um I I think about this really this intersection of intentionality and experimentation nested in a context of actually trying to address the questions of your lives as creative people and the lives of the people that you work with in specific capacities that's like a pretty bold choice to even try that as an experiment, I mean, it's kind of nice. Don't you think? Say that because sometimes I feel like what we're doing is like not. I don't know. There's days where, <laughs> where it's like, are we really doing anything that radical? It's like it's it seems not that radical to me. But it's like the funny thing is like I barely see anyone else trying to be that way in their paid work. Um, 
and I say paid because it's like, I don't know, artwork is so fluid in that way, payment wise. It's like some people make money at it and some don't, doesn't make it inherently more or less valuable, the work. But like the work that we do that we expect to like make a financial living at. But it is uncommon, I guess. <laughs> I think it's maybe it's bold, but it's it's more just again what we know. It's what we know and then it, it just makes a lot of sense. Um at least theoretically. And then I think maybe the boldness is how to take that like theoretical framework that makes sense to us and actualize it in a way that's sustainable. Well, we, Emily and I met in grad school together. Um, we, uh, we were working on a project, um, that was exploring workplace, uh, relationships. So we were doing this image-based project um, in a building that houses a lot of different offices of city workers. And we invited them to come in and uh, be photographed with whoever they consider their chosen family. And this was a month long uh, project and exhibition that was kind of like an evolving exhibition throughout that month. And um, through this project, we realized, I mean, people were having really emotional responses in, inside of this really, sort of surface level like it's relationship wise it's a sort of surface level relationship that people typically have with their coworkers, I think and so they were having these like really emotional moments with each other in the public lobby of you know it's like the city offices like the parks department and stuff like that um and we just thought like this is such a deep need um and people are so hungry for uh those kinds of moments and I think that's like a beautiful and really needed thing that art can provide to our lives. And so anyway, that project, we felt really good and that that project was successful for us in a lot of ways. Um, that's another whole sidetrack talking about success and what that means. But um, anyway, we saw that happening and then um, someone who participated was really excited about it and asked us if we would reproduce something similar for um, a conference that he was um, creating a cultural experience for. Um, he was kind of on a planning team for that. So we got invited to do it again. And then we sort of saw it as like, oh, this could be iterative. And, uh, and we could t- sort of take what was working for this project and see if we can apply it to a business. Like see if we can turn this into something that is a way to sustain ourselves. Um, so this kind of relationship building, this public space intervention in public space, um, something that's sort of aesthetic or visual, um, it's participatory. And, um, and then the, like the business part of it is like, people wanted us to do it again. (laughs) Um, so we sort of thought, let's try to make this into a business and, and the business framework in a very much more like philosophical big picture way is like, can we make a living as artists inside of our integrity as people? And by living in this case, we mean financial living um, through our work. Um, so we, we came up with the name works progress agency um, as sort of like a little riff on the historical reference of the uh, works progress administration in which the U S government used to give money to artists to produce projects uh, artworks, novels, you know, some of some great works were, were produced with funding through that program. And so that doesn't exist anymore. We're in this extreme austerity 
time of austerity um, here in the U.S. and also in a lot of other places. And so we are just going to have to make it up on our own because there isn't going to be anything like that, I don't think, for a long time, unfortunately. And so uh, we, this is the experiment. We're two years into that experiment. <laughs> it really, using our training as socially engaged artists um, and applying that to working with individuals or teams, organizations, businesses, um, and just, and that, that's been the, and then like Erica said, making a living by doing that has been the experiment. And, and really, um, I think something that we highly value is just checking in with ourselves and each other and, um, trying to be really aware of how we're landing, what, if our work feels like ethical and aligned and, and that's something that I think. And, and responsive and um, not formulaic. And so I think that's something that we keep coming back to is like, is this working and by working and is this successful? And our um, the way we have gauged that so far hasn't has been about like, does this feel okay to us? Um, and And how is this working? And then I think, our second part will be like, and we're starting to enter this is like, how is this financially sustainable, which has always been um, there, but maybe in the background. And, um, and so sort of like those two things, and where do they come together? Well, that seems like the perfect place to talk about what this residency has been. Can you two describe what um, the I residency think for program both is? Both of us think WPA? about artist residencies probably in, I, I certainly think of it in um, not the most traditional way, but that a residency is an opportunity for an artist to, um, to engage in a way that is useful to them. It's kind of like a container. Um, it doesn't necessarily have to be a place. Um, and so in, in this case, um, Chelsea, and you can speak to this, um, the residency, we, we used um, our space matter, which is um, the physical space of Works Progress Agency, um, to host artists and re- residents. I think originally we had planned to come, but never came. So it was all virtual. But we still, I still think that the space functioned in that way of being a container for our exchange. Because we always met with you when we were there. So the residency is kind of like an incubator for other feminist artists to maybe possibly evolve their practice, but to utilize the form for some sort of like investigation or experiment or growth. Yeah, and Chelsea, you're the third resident. We had we've had two other residents before you, um, both of whom were local to us. They were living in Portland both at the time, um, and they used the residency space for hosting events, physical events, sometimes like exhibitions and panel discussions, and then also you know as a research space, just like you did. I mean, I feel like in some ways, my understanding of your use of the residency was the dialogue we had 
and uh, the container for this for sort of a line of research you were doing. And I would say both Kaya Zhao, who was prior to you, and then Renee Sills, who was our first resident, also similarly had some research component to what they were doing. I think that, that having it be, having the research, we don't have a whole lot of requirements for the residency. We select people on a more like intuitive basis. Um, we did have an application process. <laughs> We did. We had questions and people answered them, but it was, it was, and we, we selected people based on whose sort of questions and values like seemed most in line and interesting with, you know, in line with ours and interesting to us. Um, and then likewise, mutually, like ideally, like it's mutual that the residents find our questions interesting, hopefully. Mm-hmm. And they were all so different. Each, each resident and residency was, was- wildly different Mm -hmm. yeah I mean I can only I only really know about mine but I can only imagine the other two are radically different from how it was for the three of us to work together oh yeah I just think that this the residency um your residency has been different than any sort of residency I've certainly ever been a part of. <laughs> Me too. That we just we just all wrote letters to each other trying to sort of unpack this process of what is now like a year and a half residency. What I think what I think has been kind of interesting for me is thinking about what if a residency is what I want it to be. But what if I have to make it with the institution? You two, as as people that I know and definitely people that I consider friends after working together in this fairly intensive way, seem like the perfect place to try that out. And in my practice and in my life, I would like to work with all institutions like this, where you don't actually know what the other what the institution or the artist has to offer. And you actually do have to come up with that together because I think that is really what happens anyways. And, you know, we, in these letters we wrote to each other, you two threw out this idea of an incubator, which, which I responded to saying like, yeah, I think it really was an incubator, but an incubator exists outside of the body. And I don't think this residency exists outside of our bodies. So I was thinking about that in terms of like where these, like where this institution of WPA actually lives for me um, and where it has lived for the three of us. Uh, And also the idea of the incubator as like, you don't know what happens to the idea. Well, really the whole time. Right? It's something that grows inside and outside of you, but it's not really in your control and you might actually never know its form. So I, you know, it, uh, upon reflection, I really love that idea. I think the reality of doing that is that sometimes that felt really cathartic and sometimes that felt really frustrating in the ways that it actually feels like having a creative practice with two other people. 
So I just would just be curious to hear about that from the two of you, what that felt like. Or would what you, that, would you, I would what love to also, and we can do this another time, but too, what, like what particular parts felt cathartic and what particular parts felt frustrating? I think the parts that felt cathartic were reaching points of stuckness on my end and then asking and receiving like a, okay, let's try it. Like actually being able to be visible kind of in the vulnerability of what I think a creative process is where you reach the friction point or you reach mm-hmm. the problem. Totally. I mean, does that, I, does that make sense? Before you started your answer, I, the word, like the words being seen just started to rise in me. Like it really felt, I, I had a wonderful experience with our other two residents and I consider them friends and I think they're brilliant both. And I think that our residency, like your residency with, with between the three of us, it felt like actually we were all participants in this in a different kind of way. And I think Emily and I probably both, I mean, I certainly felt seen by you, like as an artist, like it's, a, it was a different kind of dynamic that I think is common in any residency I've heard of where like it felt hierarchically flat mm-hmm. and it felt cathartic and frustrating and beneficial and interesting and dynamic to everybody. Um, not, not like us as an institution being like service providers to the artist, but like all of us being providers for each other. And I don't know if this I, is what you're, I had that experience you're where you're too. going, Chelsea, but it, I think that that those elements that were both like were beneficial and were, um, points of being seen and points for movement um, and sort of generative spaces for, for me possibly were also the points of frustration um, because it didn't, there, there's not, you know, I had no idea I'd been going on that long and time is not my strong point, but I think just that like, the container, it was a container, it was a quite like vast container with a lot of movement and fluidity within it. But we didn't have any, there was no like, solid lines, almost, which I think can feel and we all are questioners and um, curious and like to ideate and um, don't mind not knowing the answers often. But I think that can feel like the limitless of it, the boundlessness of it can feel like um, overwhelming or frustrating too. Yeah, definitely. I think that, you know, the cathartic thing I was talking about of getting to the point of stuck and there being a yes on the other side wasn't always mm-hmm. cathartic in a way that felt positive. Right. It was I would like get to the point of feeling like, okay, we've kind of outlined this event that we're working on and we're coming towards this like point where, you know, the, the energy coalesces into something and then, you know, the wave would come of our conversation and it would all be washed into another direction. Right. What, what I'm thinking about as we're having this conversation, as I'm thinking about like 
these collaborations that have happened like over years with people, they come together like in these specific, the, you know, I'm really, I'm really interested in this image right now of constellations and, and, and galaxies and how there's kind of like all this energy moving around and it coalesces into stars once in a while when the, when the conditions are right. For me, it actually has felt like that's the thing that we've been doing, right? As we've been doing the energy generation, we've been doing the question generation, we've been creating sort of the galactic conditions for the possibility of that coalescence. And that may be with each other and that may be with someone else, right? But that's the potency for me of this relationship, which I think if I had to call this residency something, it would be called a relationship um, over time. And, you know, just like that actually exists in physical space, it's full of, it's full of collisions. It's full of unexpected things. It's full of our lives, you know, which are running into these, (laughs) these processes all the time or are the center of these processes, hard to say. And the conditions that actually hold those things together, right? So the things that we've talked about over this year and a half have been like the actual economics of our day-to-day lives. And that's come up over and over and over again of how do we have time to do this work that we want to be doing together? Like what are the actual economies of, of effort and labor? And is it possible for us to see each other in that, even within this structure where, like like you both said, like the hierarchy is is much more horizontal than it is in other relationships. I think there's also, you know, the reality of having bodies and our health and, you know, children or not children or partners or not partners and all of those things. And that what became really clear to me was that we actually can't do that work outside of that container. And inviting other people into that is inviting other people into those spaces too, in a certain way. That's been a real like act of, that's brought up a lot of questions for me. And it also makes me feel really vulnerable in ways that both I feel this, exciting this, and the possibility totally uncomfortable. Is that, like, if you were a different kind of artist, this would have felt totally frustrating and not at all cathartic in a good or a bad way. You know, it's, I think because of the types of work that you, Chelsea and Emily and I each make, that they're, this is able to feel like generative and, you know, I, I guess I just, I can't think of anything that I would rather have produced together than relationships. I think like that is the highest compliment that anybody could ever give our work is that what we built was a relationship. I don't care if any physical thing ever comes from any of my work. Actually, I, I just think a lot of times that's helpful as a tool to be like, here's what happened to demonstrate the nature of what happened to show images, publications, installations, films, you know, whatever it is that you, that gets produced, the residue, but really the real, real, real thing is the relationship. And if it's not that, then it just isn't that important to me. That is why we work so well together. (laughs) (laughs) I think also, I'm just curious. I mean, I don't know what that means, but I think I keep thinking about what this would be like if it hadn't been, in virtual space, Chelsea, with you, like how that would have shifted things. Um, and I think the fact that it's, that it has been possible through um, the means that we've been communicating is interesting to me, but I just keep wondering what, what that like physical, tangible 
connection in real time, how that would feel different too. I mean, my, my thought is like you two both would have done some babysitting, you know, and you would have a relationship with my partner and I would have a relationship with your partners and we would have spent a lot of time in each other's homes um, and a lot more physical care would have mm-hmm. been shared all, all around. Um, and I think that it's, probably it's there interesting would have been more to me fights. because I think through this like separation of um, that of our, our space and places that that has like, this has remained in a more intellectual form which I think is interesting when we're talking about relationships. I wholly agree. I think like it's, I think it would have been really different and it sort of doesn't the, like the sort of hypothetical nature of that question sort of doesn't matter that much um, necessarily. Well, it's not that it doesn't matter. It's like, it just, it, it happened this way. And so we can sort of like speculate about what might've been different. And I think Chelsea, your reflections about that are super on point and and smart and I also think like I was a little less excited about um this not being as you know sort of embodied or like in person or physical tangible at the beginning of it um but but being open to it like I'm glad that we endeavored to do this because it's uncommon and we got to see what it looks like and I think like what ended up happening was that the focus was so much on ideas it was like it was it it stayed in this theoretical sort of esoteric space that I'm really interested in um and don't get to engage with a whole lot of people in my life in that way and we weren't I don't know. I hate to use the word distracted, but it's like we weren't distracted by the physicalness of it. You know, I think that there was something interesting about the just continual generation of questions and really like heady conversations that we ended up getting into because it was all happening in our brains. <laughs> I think I I think that's accurate and I agree with that and I appreciate that. And I think that there is something about the f- the physical making it tangible or actualizing it in a way that we've almost had to stretch to actualize in a way that if we were in real time in person, the, the, the physical would have grounded it in a certain way. And it, it, it is hypothetical. It's not what happened, but I am interested in thinking about that in terms of the formation of relationships or, um, the way that we care within mm-hmm. a relational space. I mean, I, yes. Um, and I think like, it's good. It was good to have to stretch for that part because I think it's sometimes more obvious when you're in real time and, and physically located together. Mm-hmm. So it felt hard for us, for me and Emily, I think, um, you know, to envision what, kind of a tangible outcome might make sense for something that happened um, like in a concept space, you know, and I feel good about where we landed to, to share these letters in a public space and printed sort of large format in our space and displayed for people. Um, And, you know, Chelsea, we still have your book, love letters to the moon book and your tea is still displayed in our space. So it's like, you have, you have this funny sort of like physical presence where like, Mm -hmm. I see your things in there every day when I go in. Mm -hmm. 
Um, so just like, like really doing this revel, like revealing, um, of the process to, to the external world outside of, you know, our, you know, people walking by can read these like really vulnerable letters that we've written to each other. That, that idea that you were talking about vulnerability earlier, Chelsea is really important to me and Emily giving space for that. Uh And I think also just to add, like your voice has been there, like the voice Mm -hmm. through your meditation with the tea ceremony during the book fair. So it's interesting. It's just this, and it has been very experimental in that way. And I think we've all sort of been grappling and adapting and um, sorting it out as we go. And I think, you know, there, there are these elements of you landing in the physical space, which is quite interesting. And just, and also us sort of, I remember like talking about your book again and again at the book fair. So um, almost like as representatives of you in this space <laughs> too, which is interesting. Yeah. I mean, the thing that comes up for me as you both talk is I feel longing to like real life with you two. It's so nice to hear your thoughts and everything else. But, you know, like before we started recording, I could like hear Emily's scarf and I could hear her drinking tea, which I know it happens quite, quite a lot. And, you know, I know some things about Erica's life through the world of Instagram, but just like that her car got broken into a few months ago and, you know, things like that. And there's this thing of that, I think is so kind of appropriate for this time of that I feel a lot of longing a lot of the time for people who are not in my everyday life in a, in a real tangible way, but that I have mm-hmm. access to aspects of them, like through, you know, FaceTime or what, or whatever the communication is. And that, I don't know, I mean, that really brings up a big question for me about, I, I do feel really held in that I feel so hopeful and happy to know that you're out there. But I also really hear you, Emily, of the like, it's not, it's actually not the same thing as spending mm-hmm. time in the same space together. It makes me and I don't quite know how to reconcile that for myself. Of feeling seen, because I think we all felt seen in a certain way. And I wonder if part of that was less of the process and more of like an innate understanding of our like creative work in the world. Um, because I think for me to like truly feel seen there's yes the the intellectual and the way that we shared ideas throughout the process was so generative um and aligned in this specific way and i think there's also this physical care and emotional exchange that that was not missing because it was still there on in some level, but in a different in a different way. And I think it's just we all kind of have that understanding that that is there, and maybe that awareness of it or like acknowledgement of it has allowed us to like transcend it in a certain way. But also kind of like with the hope that it would it would you would come to Portland and we would be there, or that we would you know that there would be a physical moment of exchange too. From my end of the computer, which was not, you know, you two spent, were spending a lot of time, you do spend a lot of time together, and you were actually physically together as these conversations happened. I knew that you were friends. I knew that there was trust between the two of you. I had some faith in your process coming into it that you 
selected me to be part of this residency because there was something you were interested in. I knew from a little bit of context that you didn't choose things that were interesting to you from a purely intellectual place. I knew that that came from other parts of you too. Just by having a little bit of shared life together outside of this residency. I also made this decision right at the beginning of this residency, which maybe was a little weird for you initially, Erica, that I was only going to write the two of you like in my kindest, most patient voice and as if I knew you two really well, which like jumped over the formality part. I just made that choice. And it, at least for me, it, it was kind of strange. It was very, it was like, I don't usually do that with people, but it was really intentional about how I wanted to interact with the two of you. And because of that, it was like, even in those moments of frustration, I remembered I wanted to be in that part of myself. And it felt like some tone setting on my end. That felt really exciting to me. It felt like actually making another world. I don't think I that's what was going in on ways. in a very intentional way. I think I just thought like, oh, that's just Chelsea and how Chelsea is. <laughs> the sort of like, you mean like when we were writing to each other early on, just like the way that you were communicating being more, being less formal? Yeah, and being not always totally uh-huh. linear, right? And choosing to have things exist in narrative rather than as a set of bullet points of things like I needed from you or that I was offering. Yeah. Um, I know. I mean, I, I do interact like <laughs> that with many people. I know how to. I just chose. I don't know why. I mean, I can't really tell you. I just chose not to use that tone in a like really specific way. And then I was committed. <laughs> well, and then that was good. No, I think this is super <laughs> interesting because I think, I mean, I think a lot about the performance of self a lot. Uh, because of the all the different spaces that I inhabit, and I'm sure everybody does think about that in some way or another. But it's, I have often felt like I'm performing myself as a professional when I've had jobs for other people. Like I'm not work, I don't work for anyone else right now, and so I get to be the more the same self all the time. And I'm always kind of working toward becoming right. mostly the same person all the time. Like that's a thing that I desire. And I think, you know, it, that has its limitations and everything, but uh, I tend, I have ten, a tendency to get to goal oriented, bullet pointed, sort of like task oriented conversation really quickly. And Emily is a balance for me in that way where like her, she sort of puts breaks on for me and reminds me that like we like, like when we're meeting with another person or even with each other, it's like, no, but how are you? Like, how are you feeling today? What's your, you know, it's like, how are you showing up in your body? And what are your, what's your emotional landscape? Like Uh, what events have happened in your life since we've seen you? It's like, I will jump right over that stuff to be like, this is what we have to get done. And I think not knowing you very well before this started, um, I just sort of thought like, Oh, that's, that's, it, it was actually like a little bit challenging for me, but in a way that immediately felt good. And like, like I was like, Oh, this is, I'm going to benefit from this relationship because this person isn't doing that. And I kind of wanted to join you with a to-do list. <laughs> I kind of like a to-do list. <laughs> it's funny. We do vacillate like in terms of, I think Eric and I sort of vacillate back and forth and play different roles, but it, I, it's mm-hmm. definitely like, for me, the 
how are you doing has to come before and then the to-do list can happen. And I, I do think though, for me, it's different. I will categorize in my brain work as, okay, what needs to happen? What do we need to get done? That's work. And then art work, creative labor can be that, that feels more like okay, what's the process? And that, and so I will, I won't go to the to-do to list when it's like, I'm in this like choice of being creative. So it's almost like, and so this, the residency is like the creative landscape for me. I think we're also just like, as a collaborative, trying to reconcile that very specific point a lot. You know, we're trying to reconcile, like, how do we, because this is our, for, we both teach also a little bit. I teach a little bit. Emily teaches more, but we like, for the most part, this is our job and we, you know, need to make it make a living for us, a financial living for us. So we're also kind of like going back and forth between um, trying to balance and trying to find like, like Chelsea, I don't, I can't remember. Oh, it was in your letter. You mentioned floating, like this idea of floating that somebody is the water and then the other person is floating inside of like a collaboration or um, I guess maybe even in a relationship sometimes. But I think we're trying to find a place where we are floating with the balance of creative labor and I don't know, maybe accomplishing certain things, goal, like a more goal oriented things. It's hard. And I think yeah. in the goal, it's ideal really? if the goals are coming from the right. process and it's not a forced experience. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. And I've, I've done, I don't know, not a lot, but, but some residencies like four or five or something. And I love to be really goal oriented in my work that a lot of my, a lot of my creative work and a lot of my life because of the nature of not having, because of the nature of having a small child has to be really reduced down to like what I am accomplishing. What I realized quickly, and this is like such a can of worms to open right at the end of our conversation is that I wasn't sure like what you had to offer as a space or as an institution in order to accomplish the work. Like it didn't, it wasn't clear to me at the times it needed to be clear in order to commit to the things we were doing. I felt like I had to make a choice there because I also felt like you were actually offering something that was really valuable to me as an artist and me as a person, but that was much harder to actually make a list of. We just kind of, wandered off into this land of ideas and questions, which for me actually has ultimately been really satisfying, but definitely was not how I conceptualized I mean, I feel the, same the two of you initially. I, I also didn't know what we had to offer you. Like, I remember even reading your application for the residency and being like, I think I even said out loud to Emily, like, I'm not sure if she would even want to want to do this because like, I don't know what we have to offer her. <laughs> that discomfort, like we, I remember like feeling like, wow, like it's kind of, you know, like if she wants to do it, like that sounds great. <laughs> and I guess we'll sort of figure out what it is that we can offer. I mean, I don't know. I think Emily and I have a lot of confidence in ourselves as intellectuals and 
and in our, I don't know, like the combination of an intellectual and an emotional landscape though in our thought process, like in our ideation process, like we have a lot of confidence in that as something that's valuable. And we, we have a lot of trouble figuring out how to get other people to see that. <laughs> I think, um, I think that that is the thing we have that is the most valuable to offer the world. And I think that's like what we hope we're doing with our work all the time. And I think that this galactic sort of slow burn that was needed in order for us to come to culmination, the three of us with this residency and this, you know, to put sort of like punctuation on it um, seems right, actually. And I think, you know, maybe there's a lesson for me personally to learn about patience. I think, I mean, patience is, I, I often think that I'm, patience is something I could absolutely work on. I think just going back to that initial question of like, why do we choose to live creative lives? And so much of my existence on a day-to-day feels goal-oriented and feels, I feel so much pressure to be productive. And, and it's not that I don't like to produce and to have an outcome that's finished and finalized and done, but that feels like so much of, of my world that I think that it is nice in the creative space for me to have something that it's less about outcome and less about productivity. And that doesn't mean that there's that not those elements to it, but that there can be like the other parts can be accentuated and that's okay. Um, and that's been, I think that in combination with questions of creative labor and economy and ener- our energy and the way it's limited and all these things is where we sort of like culminate and, and then don't have the answers. But I think there's like this point of tension there that's, that's we're all interested in is, is where that's where what we're exploring together and have been exploring together one element of what we've been exploring together thanks for everyone who made this show possible today big love to air of colors for the music in the show you can find more of their music at airofcolors.com if you like this podcast show us some support by liking it sharing it with your friends or leaving a review in the itunes store you can also buy tea or donate directly at fullmoonproject.org